This call is being recorded. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama with Luke Robinson and Jimmy Stein. I'm the Luke Robinson. He's the Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how are you today? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, one day closer to the Texas A&M game. It is just one day closer. We've got it. It is a big one, but you know, and it just came out today that it's going to be on two thirty at CBS, which was a little surprising to me because I, (laughs) you know, we can't play at night at home or on the road. What the hell? Well, well, I mean, why wouldn't we be on the Crimson Tide Broadcasting Service? You know, and and on the one hand, it's frustrating because it's another day game. On the other hand, you know, talk about your first world problems, your Bama problems. Here we are. We're on CBS every week. And, and by every week, I mean the conference games. Every week. So we've been on a major – we were on ABC to start the season. Every SEC game so far will have been a CBS game. It really is unbelievable where we are as a cash cow, not only raining money into the Alabama Athletic Department, but but raining money in for CBS and their sponsors and the league and – and everybody else and all these other schools are like, uh, like, hey, well, at least when we play Alabama, we'll be, we'll get the CBS game. So uh, it's, 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 it's fine. I'm not upset about it being 2:30. Oh, one thing I do want to point out because I saw this mentioned on one of the message boards, and I think a lot of our fans are unaware, but I saw somebody on one of the message boards say, "Oh man, I hate that we're on CBS because because now we've used up our CBS games and now we can't play on CBS because because you can only be on there a certain amount of times." Uh, that that's not a rule anymore. So people need to be aware. We we can be on CBS all eight. <coughs> oh, excuse me, how unprofessional. But um, we we can be on CBS all eight games. We we, we do not have to uh, only be on four times or three times, whatever the old rule used to be. Now that that we can be on on an unlimited amount of times, and Vanderbilt, for instance, may never be on, and that used to be a rule, but now that's okay too. Uh, there is no rule about a maximum time you can be on CBS or a minimum amount of times. It's just up to them. They can pick any team and any game they want in the league. So our fans need to know that, not be confused well, and, uh, and by you, the and old rule. And I would say CBS is probably the one place where you do get the most exposure. So there's that. Yeah. Um, Having said that, I was looking forward to this game being at night, even though it was going to be on the road just to see us play at night. But I would assume this does mean that the Alabama-Tennessee and Alabama-Arkansas games both have a very significant shot to be played at night, which uh, will give us a chance to show off our uh, seizure-inducing LEDs that we bought. I hope that we get a chance to have seizures from our LED lights. I hope that's true. But I will – as a word of warning, I will say that if Tennessee and Arkansas continue to lose, we could be staring at the abyss of another 11 a.m. game because, you know, we're not the second or third best game if the networks are like, yeah, we'll put that 56 to nothing Alabama blowout on 11 a.m. And most years, yeah, we play Tennessee at 2.30 and play Arkansas at night most years but this isn't most years this is a year where probably the worst team in the sec is tennessee and the second worst team is arkansas so we could end up just with vanderbilt like 11 a.m kickoff times against even tennessee and arkansas i think it's very possible so 
I wouldn't start counting our LEDs before they hatch. And this may be uh, something they moved to Netflix or Lifetime or Bravo even. I mean, you know, we may be playing uh, Tuesday afternoon if Tennessee gets any worse. Well, they could put it on Hallmark Channel and my wife won't miss it. She can tell me what happened. Because, uh, yeah, if they want to increase female viewership, it could, it could be a very special Tennessee-Alabama game with Nick Saban. <laughs> as, as the, as the divorce, he's acting as the divorced single father of three trying to find his again. <laughs> yeah, I can see that day being it's like Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And I'm watching ESPN and ESPN2. I got three TVs on in the living room. And uh, I'm watching all this big-time football after game day, and I got to holler out to my ba- my wife in the back of the house who's watching Hallmark Channel and go, what's the score of the Alabama-Tennessee game? You know, it'll that, be, that, a, that, 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 that's it'll be, be realistic. It'll be make his ass quit, a very special holiday showing for Lifetime. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> a now, couple have you, other have things. You any of that Hallmark, have you watched the Hallmark stuff? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen any of this network? Well, I have seen some of the network because I do have to flip through stations occasionally. And what I've determined is every single one of those movies they create is the exact same movie with the exact same actors. They just change sweaters. (laughs) That is exactly. And it's the thing that's so great. It's, It's like, it always involves a, a a woman who is now divorced and who has done wrong horribly, done wrong horribly, and she meets, she has to move back to a, her small town back home, and she's very depressed about having to leave the city and, and go back to her small country town where she meets a stranger, a, a, a new man, and he's a stranger, he's a stranger to her, but he's rich. He's incredibly handsome, and he's super sweet, and it's 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 the same. It's and I'm like, does this is does I mean maybe it's just because I'm a divorce lawyer, I guess. But I'm like, what? <laughs> where where are these small towns? Where are these small towns with these incredibly handsome guys who are unattached and totally single, and for and are these super nice Mother Teresa types? It's like, now, I, hi, I'm Brad. I'm, I'm a combination of Brad Pitt, Mother Teresa, and Handyman. And uh, and those not, not the weirdo cheating on his wife kind, the rich kind. But um, <laughs> and and yeah, I, I'm a handy. I'm a, well, because, I'm a handy. I can fix your car. I'm a mechanic, and I make about eight hundred thousand dollars a year. And I could buy the dealership. If you don't like the way I fix the car, I could buy the dealership. But uh, I guess that's better than having a real like uh, love story where the, the title is something like, hey, girl, just go ahead and settle. It's not going to get any better than this. A very special Hallmark <laughs> movie. Uh, <laughs> all right. Jimmy, uh, we have a new we have a new feature here. Everybody, hang with us. Luke is going to do a live read, and I'm going to do no it way right now. No way. You're doing a live read. Yes, I'm going to do it. Sponsors. Vivid seats for vivid vivid seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime, and let the Vivid Seats app help you to get to your favorite live event. Enter pro kickoff. 
at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Major League Baseball used promo code postseason, though. Vivid Seats. I'm going to tell you right now, I would not. I've used Vivid Seats in the past. I've always had a good experience. I've used some of the other ticket sites. It hadn't been as good sometimes. I do like to go to Vivid Seats when I have to check out for a, a concert or a, a, a live-action Hallmark play is coming into town or whatever. Um, I use Vivid <laughs> Seats myself, so I think that's very positive. Now, Jimmy. Vivid Seats is fantastic. <laughs> no, Vivid Seats. Oh, no, let's do we the need whole to segment take a on break. Vivid Seats because I, I agree Vivid Seats is great. I oh, will talk about Vivid Seats when we get back from this other, uh, uh, this other kick-ass sponsor uh, that's every bit as good as Vivid Seats, as hard as it is to imagine. It is. It's like just a cornucopia of kick-ass sponsors around here. I'm not sure which one this one is, but I can guarantee you it's awesome. We'll be back in just a second. And we're back. We're back. I told you it was For awesome. Those you said it was awesome. You said it was awesome. It, was that, it awesome? That commercial was better than I thought it was going to be. It, it was everything I wanted and more. Um, hey, Jimmy? I'm all, about, I'm all about this vivid seats idea. As a matter of fact, Hey, people, start going to Vivid Seats now if you want to possibly shoehorn your way into the Alabama LSU game November 7th or 5th or whenever that is, uh, that first Saturday, uh, the second Saturday, actually, in November, because the first Saturday, I think it's like November 1st or something. or Yeah, that's right, uh, November 2nd. So I guess it's November 9th. Uh, Alabama LSU, if both teams are unbeaten, I'm telling you, it's the game of the century thing all over again. And I kind of mock the game of the century because there's kind of a new one every year. But I'll never forget the 2011 Alabama LSU game, truly the biggest regular season Alabama game of my lifetime. And, it is, and this year's game is setting up somewhat similarly, not quite, but somewhat similarly because both teams could be undefeated in rank number one and two. It's just at the time in 2011, Experts across the country, not Alabama homers like us or LSU homers like we know down there, like Tim Brando. Uh, uh, the home, it wasn't the homers. It was the national analyst saying, these might be two of the best teams that have ever played college football. They're not just undefeated. These are two of the all-time great teams. Uh, I don't know that people will be saying that about this year's game, but go ahead and bookmark Vivid Seats as one of your favorites uh, on, your, on your list of favorites because you will need Vivid Seats to shoehorn your way into this game. It's going to be packed, sold out, and worth every bit of every penny that you pay to get in the stadium. How's that, add? No, there's no doubt. And I guarantee it won't end up at 9-6. to six. <laughs> True? No, it's more likely to end up 49-46. to 46. And uh, how amazing exactly. is that, that eight years later, the same two teams can meet with fantastic offenses as opposed to 2011, and which was two of the greatest defenses in the history of the SEC, and wow, what a series! And I, I'm I, to be honest, I know this sounds crazy and nuts and stupid. I, I'm, I'm rooting for LSU because I want it to happen. I want that game to happen. I, I, I want I want to play undefeated, kick-ass LSU in another game of the century where freaking people like LeBron James are are, are contacting uh, are buying tickets through Vivid Seats to get in. You know, uh, I want it I'm with to be you. that big and that awesome. I, I'll be great. I just hope we have a different outcome than what we had in uh, in 2011. Well, that's what's going to be so funny is if – and I know that game is several weeks out, but that's what's going to be hilarious. That's going to be the narrative because that game will end up something like, you know, it'll probably be high 30s to, to mid 30s, whoever wins. And um, everybody's going to say, see, that now they don't play defense. 
you know, before it was there's no <laughs> offense. This game is so boring, and this, but that's that's going to be for a little bit later on. Let's talk a little bit more about. Let's just give congratulations to Devontae Smith, who is the SEC Player of the Week. I mean, you want to talk about something anybody could have predicted? He um, had five touchdowns in one game, and I would say on any given year, it would be impressive for any Alabama wide receiver uh, to have. Uh, five touchdowns in a season, you know, back in the day, <laughs> at least back in the Gene Stallings days. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, this is what I like saying right now. Uh, you know, one, one of the most popular sports topics is uh, what is the New York Yankees Mount Rushmore baseball players? What is uh, what is the Boston Celtics Mount Rushmore players? And then it can be more specific. Uh, who, what's the Mount Rushmore of Baltimore Orioles pitchers? You know, Jim Palmer and who? Uh, well, at Alabama, you could say we have a Mount Rushmore of 2019 receivers because all four aren't just good players. They're not, it's, it's not just like, wow, Alabama's got four good receivers. No, really what it's like is Alabama has four of the best wide receivers that have ever played at the University of Alabama all at once. These are four of the all-time greats. Not the four best. I'm not going overboard because they're still – Julio Jones and Amari Cooper and David Palmer and Ozzie Newsom and who's the actual Mount Rushmore of four best receivers in Alabama history. I don't know. That'll be for, for the silly season next summer for us to podcast about. But for right now, I'm just saying that the four we have are four of the all-time greats at Alabama. No, I could not agree with you more. And um, it, the only thing that would make it better is if somebody like O.J. Howard or – Rick Gilbert were on this team right now, and we had a tight end that was, you know, equally as special as these guys. I mean, our tight ends aren't bad right now, but they're not. I mean, let's let's also call a spade Miller, a spade. Uh, I mean, they're not. Miller exactly. called him another. Miller Miller Forstall caught him another uh, touchdown ball this weekend. So he's yeah. got he's got two. I would say Miller. I, I, you know, we've been spoiled with the. Uh, he did, and he fought hard to get him done. I mean, we've been spoiled with O.J. Howard and Irv Smith. I mean, we're just kind of spoiled, and now we've got a guy that uh, – and by the way, what I'm about to say is a compliment. What we have, a, what we have now is a guy that is SEC average. And by that, I mean, he's, a, he's an SEC tight end. He's a pretty, he can play for anybody in this league. Uh, he's a borderline pro prospect. But what he is not, what he's certainly not, is an O.J. Howard or an Irv Smith. He's not that. So uh, – but, but Miller's okay. I'll tell you, uh, boy – got me off on a tangent here, but I think one of the big changes in our offense, Luke, the last couple of weeks that's going to really serve us now that we're midseason going forward is seeing more and more Kendall Randolph at tight end because oh, yeah. I, think we can really, I think we can really run the ball. I think we can really run the ball with Kendall Randolph in at tight end. And I remember when we moved Brandon Green to tight end, uh, I guess that was around 2014. I think it was 2014. Uh, when we moved offensive lineman Brandon Green to kind of full-time tight end, it really opened up our run game. And that was a pass-heavy Alabama team of Blake Sims. We could run the ball better uh, once we moved Brandon Green. And uh, I, I, I'm excited about Kendall Randolph at tight end. Not something that we're going to see, you know, 50, 60 snaps. But just those 30, 35 snaps, if we can get up to that high, mix and match, you know, Miller on passing downs, Kendall on rundowns. And uh, I, I think this could be something that could really kickstart the Alabama run game because as good as the offense is, we need to run the ball a little better. 
No, and you know how you can remember that Brandon Green was moved to tight end in 2014. And really probably the only way you can remember it is because he caught that big pass in overtime against LSU down in Baton Rouge that it, it was so wide open, but he was so unfast that he got, he got to the like five and everybody caught up to him. And he literally carried most of the LSU team like Nelson Muntz from the Simpsons and he carried him to the one, but he, he could not cross the goal line. He just couldn't do it. And, and he gets to the one. And if you remember, uh, because I was at that game, we then had a false start penalty. Yeah. Um, and that took us back. I, I mean, back. I was sitting there thinking, oh, my God, we're going to get a freaking field goal out of this thing. And we're, we were right there on the one. That's unbelievable. And, of course, DeAndre Wright later catches the touchdown. And then we uh, we hold him to four and out and win the game. But um, – that was that was a really hey, special. History, That's something I'll history never could forget. repeat itself. Maybe maybe we see Kendall catch a big ball against uh, LSU, uh, and and history could repeat itself. Uh, what cracks me up about that play is I can imagine you know uh, Brandon was so unathletic as a tight end, and we had never even hinted that we might throw yeah. a ball in his direction. I could see on the field the, their discussion in the LSU coaches box when somebody in the LSU box says, oh, man, we don't have that big tight end covered here. Should we call timeout? And the defensive coordinator looks at him and says, they're not going to throw him the ball. We're not wasting a timeout. Well, not <laughs> only we do. Cam Robinson, if you remember, was split all the way out to the right with the receivers. Yeah, it did was you remember that part? a trick play. I did not remember that part, but you're right. It was a trick formation with a tricky ending. Who would have guessed that Cam Robinson split there, and we throw it to Brandon Green. Uh, it, it was, was it was just, crazy. That was Blake Sims. You talk about a one shining moment. That was, I mean, he had a better game against Texas A and M that year, and again, I guess against Auburn in the last two quarters. But um, his his one shining moment, the thing I remember him most for is is that LSU game at the end because it was his feet that got us a first down there towards the end but look that's something we can talk about during LSU week um mm-hmm. you know coming up this week though you've got some some big games in the SEC obviously that we'll get to but this Auburn Florida game um Jimmy I think Auburn's going to win and win handily and I think it's just going to continue to snowball their momentum um, yeah. and you know, I'm from, I'm from Alexander city, so I'm in Auburn country. So I get nothing but positive Auburn vibes all the time, but, uh, I'm beginning to think they're going to be a bit of a problem. They're a very good football team. I'm not surprised at all that they're good defensively. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that on defense that Auburn is formidable based. Here we go. Is it formidable? Is it formidable yes, I, or formidable? What are we going with on this podcast? If, on, on on the old podcast, I'm like going to go with – You have been saying formidable. I don't remember what we used to go with and what we should go with now. But uh, Auburn – We went with what? I can't remember if we went with – let's just go with good. Auburn's good on defense, and I am not surprised because of how elite their defensive line is, and I think Kevin Steele's a, a good football coach. I tell you what, Auburn is better than I estimated because I didn't think they would be as good as they are on offense. And while I'm not saying they're good on offense, I sort of expected them to be almost bad on offense because their offensive line was such a weakness for them last year. Bo Nix, you know, is an 18-year-old. 
I didn't think they really had a game changer at, at, at running back. And, and I'm sort of wrong about all of that. The offensive line's improved. No, no, so no. Hang on. A, not true? I think he's a. I, I followed him in high school. Some. I think he's he's pretty good. I think he's an SEC level back, obviously, but I don't think he's you know Trey Mason or anybody like that from recent Auburn mm-hmm. lore. I, I think he's you know around Cameron Artis Payne. I think that's about his ceiling. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. the thing about yeah. Bo Nix, though, I am higher on Bo Nix than most people, and Bo Nix did not take a sack in high school his last two years. And it wasn't because he had all these guys being recruited along the offensive line. He just knows how to get the ball out. And that has made Auburn's offensive line look better. The fact that he knows, you know, he does have a good internal clock about when he needs to release the ball. Um, it's natural. But the other thing. It's natural. I, the love, other, I love Bo the, as a prospect. I, I'm just surprised he's just, oh yeah. I thought it would be more of a struggle for him because I'm like, man, Bo Nix is going to be a good freshman. But for a freshman to really thrive, in the SEC, he has to have a great cast around him. And I really didn't think they would, but they sort of do. They sort of do. The the other thing I would say is uh, people are completely overlooking a few facts about this. While I do think they're going to be a problem, while I do think Auburn is better than I thought they'd be, while I do think their defense is very uh, formidable, um, here's a couple of other things. Mississippi State either suspended five or six players before this game. They also have a coach that doesn't really seem to know what he's doing in this league. Um, and I think Joe Moorhead is very, very in over his head. And I think it should also be noted that maybe the win at Texas A&M wasn't that big of a deal. They they had a struggle win against Arkansas, and Arkansas is flat-out putrid. Their only other wins are Arkansas, Texas State, and Lamar. And then they go to Clemson, and Clemson just toys with them like a cat with a dead mouse until the very end when Texas A&M gets a touchdown as a backdoor cover, and it looks a little better. But essentially, Clemson just played around with them, and maybe Clemson isn't as good as we thought. We have not seen them play near to their what we thought they would have the potential to be. Right. So maybe some of these wins aren't quite as good, and, and but that's the thing. They're going to go to this Auburn game with game day – I mean, this Florida game with game day there. And I don't think Florida is very good either, but Auburn's going to go down there and win. And I think win by double digits and um, people are going to really get on that hype train. I I truly, truly believe that where really, I I mean, the Oregon win is kind of nice, but I'm not buying anybody in the Pac-12 right now. Uh, They're essentially out of the playoff race and it's, we're not out of September as of this podcast. I wouldn't rule out Washington and Oregon getting in the playoff. I don't rule it out. I also don't think it's likely. I'd say it's rule unlikely, it but I don't I don't rule it out that Washington and Oregon could get in, although they have to run the table from this from this point forward. I don't know that either is good enough to do that, but uh, I wouldn't rule it out. But uh, the, I also they have to run the table and get help. I, I think Auburn will beat Florida, but I I think it's going to be sort of a tight game. I, I don't think Auburn's going to. Smash Florida. I think it'll be a one-score game. But I've been underestimating Auburn. And when I say I've been underestimating Auburn, I've been underestimating Auburn since right around 1981. And that's never stopped. It's it, it's it's um, highly consistent at underestimating Auburn. I'm also more wrong about Auburn than your weatherman is about the weather. I mean, I, I'm the quintessential guy that when 
Uh, some years I think Auburn's going to be great and I'm wrong. And some years I'm like, yeah, I don't really see it. And then they are great. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. You can't, you can't pick Put Auburn correctly. That is, that is part of their, that is part of their aura. They, they keep you guessing at all times. They are either a smoldering stack of rhinoceros dung, or they somehow maneuver their way through a, a treacherous path and end up in the national championship game. And you're sort of like, how the hell did that happen? But, um, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's, another that's, game. that's another game we can talk about later on this week is, as you people know, I say you people, I don't mean to, I don't even know if that, <laughs> well, I said that you people listen to this. Kind of, you people are the kind of people that listen to this podcast. That's the kind of people you are. Um, be ashamed of yourself. But, uh, it could be, it could be something productive you could be doing with your time, but instead you're doing what we're doing, which is talking about Alabama Texas A&M, which is 12 days away, and I can't wait. You know, you know that uh, a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're doing something like working out or or doing. I mean, you listen to this podcast and probably eating something that's resting on their stomach. Like they've got a plate of chips on their stomach or not even a plate. It's like a, a paper towel of potato chips. No one listening <laughs> should be doing something more active than we're doing right now, <laughs> which is nothing. Oh, they should be. I just don't know that we attract that kind of listener. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. We do not. That's always a good selling point too. to insult your listeners is always something that's right up there in podcasting 101 in it. That's right. Now, all of your, all of our listeners, put down your, uh, put down your listening device. Walk up the basement stairs and check on your mother. <laughs> put on a shirt first. No, not the one with stains on it. No, the winger shirt, the one that's got Kip okay. Winger. Okay, so Jimmy, the this shirt. has been about thirty minutes. Oh, oh wow! Man, time flies. Time flies when the you're one that sees a lot of people. The the Warrant Cherry Pie, the Warrant Cherry Pie concert tour, nineteen eighty six. That's what. That's the shirt you should be wearing. Um, okay, so thirty minutes has about flown by. We are we are on a hard, we're on a hard out here. I'm not really sure what that we're means, pros. but I think we are, um, and we are pros. This is how we do it. Um, we're pros now, and we're, we're pro. pros. Uh, so tomorrow. We'll have another podcast. No telling where we in the will. hell this thing will go, but um, we'll have something. We're gonna. How about we? How about we talk the hell out of recruiting? Let's do. Let's we talk will, Bryce Young on, tomorrow. Oh, we, I can do a whole thirty minutes on Bryce Young. I mean, I'm telling. I can do the whole thirty minutes on Bryce. You know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll do it, and I'll watch. Be watching tape of Bryce Young, and like be bragging on like every snap. I'm down with it, man. I'm here for your talk on Bryce Young. Won't you join us, please? Here on the Hallmark Channel. (laughs) It's a very special Bryce Young. It's a very special Bryce Young edition. It's a very special episode of, oh, my God, I really love this five-star we got out of California. Here on the Podcasting Hallmark Channel. Um, All right, guys, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide. See you tomorrow. All right, buddy, hang on.